0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Fernie, a professional psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and I'm here to help you cut through the human bullshit so you can get to most out of your life. Uh, and so on this episode, we are going to be basically doing a QA, and a a psychic and mediumship Q&A um, about disability and the experiences being a psychic, being a medium, and just, you know, open it up to the audience and so forth. So I'm going live on Instagram and I've already got uh, quite a few interesting questions here. So good morning, everybody. Hello. All right. Let's see. So we've got some questions here. <laughs> I actually um, stayed up pretty late last night, which I don't mind staying up late just because I enjoy the alone time sometimes, I guess, like the quiet alone time. Like, you know, when you're awake during the day, the world is awake right? The world is awake and then you're awake with the world. And it feels like you're sharing the energy of this world with everybody. Um, so in the middle of the night when like most people are asleep, or unconscious. Um, and I believe that like when we're unconscious or asleep, many of us are disconnecting. We're like separating from our bodies and going into back into spirit form. We're taking a break from this world. Um, it feels like alone time, but not alone time, like from like my partner or from like my family or friends, just the alone time, like from the world. Like it feels like I'm like, you know, a little bit in my own little universe, I guess you can say. And a lot of it has to do, I guess, when I was a teenager, um, because I used to love this stuff. I used to love reading about psychic ability. I used to like, like stay up and like listen to the art bell show. I don't know how many of y'all have like uh, listen to the art bell show back in the day. Now it's coast to coast, coast to coast AM. And I used to stay up and listen to the different topics. And I love that. And I used to stay up all night and I would go to sleep around four or five o'clock. I wouldn't do it all every, every night. Cause that, like, you can't, you can't function in this world unless you go to sleep early enough. Right. So, um, I used to stay up and just ponder my existence. um, think about stuff try to sense stuff even though I didn't realize it at the time that I was sensing stuff but I used to sense stuff and like write down my thoughts I was always like creating stuff and writing down my thoughts trying to like get it out get it out get it out because it would just all these thoughts and ideas and stuff would pop in my head and I would be like okay I gotta get it out I gotta get it down so um someone says, what's, um, MJS 15's like, what's your feeling on the vaccine? Good question. Um, I made a few predictions about the vaccine. Um, the main prediction that I made was that there was going to be three vaccines and there was going to be one out of Asia, one out of Europe and one out of the U S before summertime. Um, and we have more than, I think more than three at this point. So, I mean, we've got more than that. Um, and I think I think Pfizer is a company that's a collaboration between a European and a American company, I think. Um, so I think that that, and I think because it started off, I have to go back and like, look like pay attention to all the details that I listed in the, in the, um, prediction because I like to be specific. And if, if I didn't, if I didn't specify certain pieces, I'm like, well, I'm not going to give myself the point. Um, but, I believe that the way that I was seeing it was that there was going to be one of Europe first um, because I kept seeing the UK and... um that part of Europe having a vaccine and then I saw um, one coming out of uh, Asia and then one coming out of the U S so I saw three and I kept saying that the one out of Europe was going to be the one that was more safer or had a better track record. So it would be the one that more people would want to take. Well, of course we've had the Pfizer, the Pfizer one come out. Um, And I don't, I, I would say I probably, might have misinterpreted that one. And and I think that's the European one that I was seeing because it's, it rolled out in England or in UK first. So that's why I'm thinking I saw it that way because it came out, it, it rolled out and they started using it before we did. So they were the first to use it. Um, and then we started using, you know, the Pfizer one. And then of course, Moderna was, um, was came up as well. So we have more than three at this point. And, um, so yeah, so but as far as the vaccine itself, I am planning on getting it. Um, I am not a fool. <laughs> I am not a fool. Um, I mean the the cost to our society and the cost to our everyday ability to live, live our lives the way we were used to is nominal compared to getting everybody vaccinated or as many people as we can vaccinated and trying to create um, a safe. Uh, environment for the majority of the planet, period. It's just it's just going to be necessary. Um, I know we have a lot of people who are anti-vaxxers, etc. Look, I went to school. I had to get shots before I went to school. You needed a little card because if you didn't have those shots, you couldn't go to school because you were a risk to the population and to all of these other kids. There's a reason why that was a standard, and it might still be a standard to some extent. So I think that the, I think we are, we're all going to need to take the vaccine. Granted, yes, there are risks. Granted, yes, there's still stuff we do not know about the vaccine long term. Um, And I get it. And I completely understand and respect people's like fear to take it. But I think that for the most part, in order for us to really get back to a place of like stability and consistency, I think that a majority of the population is going to have to be vaccinated. And as of right now, I prefer the Pfizer one just because I know several people who were, um, part of the trials and also know people who have gotten it and they've had it for months. So I feel okay with the Pfizer vaccine, Moderna. eh, I'm not, I'm not really wanting to get the Moderna one. I'm definitely not wanting to get the Johnson and Johnson one. I want like the Pfizer one and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the Pfizer one. I'll take the Pfizer one. So that's, that's my feeling on the vaccine, but I think the vaccine will actually help us tremendously. Um, for sure. For sure. Let's see what do we got here. I got another question. Um, uh, someone uh, has, retired, retired, uh, Joe. I hope I probably didn't say that correctly. So my apologies. Uh, Freddie, would you mentor people with a potential? Absolutely. I do that. I already do that. Y'all. Um, you can go to my website and go down to classes and there's the free class, which is available for everybody who wants to take it. Um, and that's free. There's no cost to that. And I spent like a year doing the first portion of that class. And then, um, and then like A couple years later, I did the second portion and then I added on that part to it as well. But it covers everything like it's, it's when I was evolving, I didn't have anyone coaching me and training me. I only had what I saw on TV with like Sylvia Brown and John Edwards. So those were like the people on the George Anderson and James Van Prock. So those are the people that I saw on television. Um, But, and I would buy books and I would read and do the very best that I could, but there wasn't enough in my mind, proper training or proper, uh, structuring to be able to use your ability, um, in an effective way. So for me, I was like, I really wish like, They would teach this and this and this and this. And I had like a list, a laundry list of stuff that I wish I would have learned from people who had done this professionally as well and who were, you know, in television. Um, But I wasn't finding that. So I thought, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to create the kind of class I would have wanted for myself and share what I've learned and what I've gained through all of this with others. So I created the first part of the class. It took me again, about a year to put it together because I was trying to do everything like the right way through with uh, all of and it was, it's it's a video course. So I was doing it in segments. And it took me a year to put that, compile all of that, record all the footage and then do it. But, and I, and I, based it on an actual in-person class that I used to have back in Houston. So when I used to do in-person classes, I used to have groups, um, and we would have about eight or nine people in the group. Um, and they people would come in, I, I would have their, um, manual. I would put together the manual with every single section we were going to talk about. Um, I had set up my TV, my TV was in the background and I had slides set up on my TV, so my remote can control the tea. So I was like, I was doing it. And then, you know, we would go through the exercises towards the end of it. Um, uh, but I would basically talk about my experience, talk about how this manifests or how it shows up, and then I would go through different sections or topics, and then we would end up at the exercises and that's what we would practice. Um, so the free class on YouTube is exactly based on the same concept, but there's a whole lot more that I included there that I didn't get a chance to really Dive into as much in the class because when we would hold the, the in person class, it was like a four or five hour class sometimes. Like it was a really long class. Um, so I was able to record and get everything down to like two and a half hours on the YouTube course. That's the first section. Then the second section is the second section is like an hour as well. So um, all of that together is a really good foundation to start off of. And you can really get started from what I feel. on the right foot because there's a lot of bullshit in this industry. There's a lot of um, ridiculousness when it comes to talking about psychic ability, et cetera. And most people who I know who teach it, um, they're more focused on the idea of like, oh, well, you know, I have an angel communicator or I have a guy. They're more focused and obsessed with my guide needs to give me the information or my angel needs to give me the information or I'm supposed to just have a flash and know exactly what's going to go. Like there's a lot of misunderstanding and there's a lot of fluffing of this, but when it comes to basic psychic ability, it has less to do with all of that. And it has more to do with like the actual mental processes in your brain, because every time I go into my psychic mode, and this is the first thing I teach my students when I coach them one-on-one because I, once you do the course on YouTube, you can decide if you want to go further and then I do like one-on-one mentorship and coaching, and that's also um, you can find that on my on my um, my website. But the first thing I teach my students is understanding the psychic process within their mind, where the thoughts, the emotions, all of the senses are being activated, and learning how to utilize that. And most people go into it thinking that they're just going to like, okay, I'm just going to meditate or close my mind, and then it's going to come to me. That's not what that's about because most people will take forever to develop if they decide to go that route what i do differently is I, instead of just like waiting for something to materialize in my mind or for something to be shared with me i actually intentionally ask questions and then i trigger or induce my memories to help me get the answer so for example when i use uh, one of the one of the um predictions that I made a few uh, weeks ago with the um, the Super Bowl. I think it was last week, right? Last week, the Super Bowl winners. Um, someone had asked me like, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Um, I don't know nothing about football or who was playing. So I didn't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> but I was like, mm, okay, well, let me see if I can get the answer. So then I asked myself like, who's going to, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Um, and then my mind, the brain is trying to find the most effective, easiest way of giving us the answer. And what ended up happening was that I was shown a few visuals. Um, one of them being the, uh, Texas longhorn symbol. I think it's their football team. Um, and it's like an orange and white, um, brand or logo, but then it's got like, it's just a longhorn with the horns going out. Um, so I saw that and I was like, okay, so whatever I am seeing has to have some sort of correlation to what I'm being shown, because this is what my brain came up with that could help me understand the answer. So I need to look at the teams to see which one matches up to what I'm, what I'm sensing. And of course, when I look at the teams, both teams, I think they have uniforms with the same color. So I was like, well, shit, (laughs) that's not going to help me. Um, but when you look at the logo, Um, one of the teams, I think it was the chiefs and they have more native American, um, symbol symbolism. Um, and I was like, "Mm, that's not it because I wasn't shown anything that had to do with, um, with, native culture, the natives' culture. So I was like, nope, that's not it. And then I saw the other symbol or the other logo for the other team. And it was a skull with the two swords. And I was like, ah, that's good because that represents the head. And then the, the horns are representing, the horns are technically weapons, right? For the bull, they're supposed to be protective or they're supposed to act as, as some sort of protection. So that's immediately when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. Because when I saw the skull with two swords going out, I was like, okay, um, that's exactly what the longhorn would represent. It would represent a skull or a head with these two weapons going out. So that's what I based my decision on, um, my prediction on. So that's how I got it. But that's the mechanisms in the brain. That's the brain trying to use whatever's there to help us understand whatever it is that we need to understand. And that's how we operate in our daily lives. And that's the thing. Psychic ability is not this like magical moment of insight. Psychic ability is just triggering the mechanisms in your brain to – Tune into something that, under normal circumstances, we don't get through just like focusing our attention on. Usually, we have to read or we have to analyze something or whatever. But with psychic sensing, in the way that I use it, I'm triggering and inducing my memories, my thoughts to help me make sense of the data that I'm getting. Um, And so that's how I get the answer. So, psychic ability is actually fairly easy to grasp and start to use once you understand your own way of using it. But when I'm, when I'm working with students, my job is to help them amplify their ability and then use my structure, the structure I created for myself, apply that to their ability and then push them, push them, push them to use it. And most people don't want to use it. And most people don't want to structure their ability, but that's what really makes it like pop because when you structure it, you get so much information versus just like waiting for something to pop into your head or waiting for you to get an answer. That's not enough. Like for me, it's like, no, it trigger and induce some memory. You're going to get a lot more information. And there's specific questions we're going to ask that we're going to try to get the answer for. And then once you get all of those pieces together, then you can make an assessment or you can like analyze and take a look at what you've pulled from and then make a prediction which I call prediction the best guess I mean psychics honestly we and I always tell like clients I always try to warn clients like hey I don't know everything I don't see everything like psychics do not know or see everything that is some crap that was invented or or put out there a long time ago. No, like if we, if psychics knew everything or saw everything, then no psychic would live in a state of poverty. No psychic would, um, be, uh, un, would, would not have money. No psychic would not have power. No, I psych- there's, there's, there's a reason why we don't know everything because it can go to our heads if we did know everything. And if we had the ability to know every single thing that there is to know, like we would totally let it go to our heads. So that's why it, it's not it doesn't work that way. That doesn't mean you can't have a moment where you just suddenly know that's, that's a form of psychic insight, but it's not like, you know, every single thing about someone. And I, this, it's funny how sometimes when I'm talking to a client, um, I'm like, you know, I don't know everything. I don't see everything. I can sense things, big difference, big difference. But what I sense can help us make a lot of, a lot of sense or understand a lot of things about what's coming up for you or what's going to happen for you. And, and based on the structure that I have for the entire reading, that's what's that, that's what it's designed around. Um, but it's like, so like, well, you know, my sister, you know, she's got issues or whatever, but you already know all that. And I was like, I really don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't, I'm not that invested in your life. I don't know every single detail. And the minute I start talking to you, it's not like I get downloaded with every single detail there is to know about you. So I do not know everything. So I try to tell people that right off the bat just so that they know that because I don't want them to have this – I don't want to feed into the – I don't want to feed into the belief that I think is already hurting the psychic industry um, that we know everything because we don't. And I know a lot of psychics who if someone says that, they just go with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know everything. I know everything. I know everything. I'm like, okay, you're setting yourself up to be shot in the foot, but okay. So – But yeah, I totally, to answer your question, I tell was like a, it was a long answer, but yes, I do mentor people and I am pretty, I, I'm pretty confident and feel like with a hundred percent certainty that every single person has this ability. Every single one has this ability because I've had so many students from different walks of life and every single one has shown the serious ones, the serious ones they've shown to be able to do this and to do it well. Once they actually get comfortable with understanding their own ability and then structuring it and then using it in that way. Um, and I think that makes the biggest difference for sure. For sure. Um, Oh, deadly like, um, if you weren't a psychic medium, what would you have done? What career path would you have followed? I'm curious. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a, um, veterinarian, So I was like a little like Fernie Doolittle when I was a kid because um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to heal animals. And I used to like I was the kid that was like collecting birds that have fallen from their nests. I was the kid that was taking in like the stray kitties. I was the kid that was like, you know, had like a farm inside of his bedroom. Like I was that kid. So I probably would have gone in the direction of being a veterinarian I know at one point I wanted to be a marine biologist um because I was really fascinated with like the ocean and I think SeaQuest watching Sequest ESV the show back in the day that's what got me into that so I was thinking about that as well but today knowing myself today um I would say probably either veterinarian um or I would be uh, some sort of like a uh either a producer or um like a business coach, because even though I love what I do, I'm also really good at helping people, especially new psychics or people who are wanting to build themselves in this industry. I'm really good at that. And I'm really good. I mean, I, I mean, come on, like you, the path that I took is not a typical path, but I credit what I did to help me gain and grow as quickly as I did. Because I went from working at Starbucks forty, you know, forty plus hours a week to doing this full time in one year. Like that in itself is wow because most of the psychics that i know who do this they only do it part time i don't know a lot of psychics who do this full time or have completely been able to like walk away from a, from another job to be able to do this i've been able to do it and even at that moment it's not like that was the best moment in my in my, um, business, my business continued to grow. It continued to evolve. And I was able to build myself a pretty substantial, um, reputation in Houston. And then I was able to build a consistency with my business and clientele base. And I credit a lot of the steps and a lot of the things that I took, um, along the way. So, um, I know that that works and, I only know of one other person who has tried to coach psychics in business psychics helping them with their business. Um, I know one other person that does it. And even then they're not as like specific to some of the details that I go into, but they say the same stuff. They're saying the exact same stuff and that's because they've had to build their business up the same way. So for me, I'm like, that's what I would do. I would totally be like a business coach or a, a spiritual, um, a spiritual coach, a spiritual business coach, or like a psychic business coach or mediumship. I would be that kind of, and which is funny because I I am actually going to be offering that. I've been working on a class for psychics in business because um, there's a lot of things I learned from the business side of this that a lot of people who are psychics do not realize they're going to have to deal with when they go into this industry. Um, And it would, it really makes it easier. It makes it a lot easier for you to be able to grow, to evolve, to build something that's solid that you can count on. I can count on my business, like I can count on it. So if I have a slow week, which I don't have slow weeks at all. I'm booked out months. So I don't have those at all, but I did at some point and there were things that I did to help me change that so that I could have a consistent clientele basis. So that's what I want to show other psychics. I want to show other psychics how to be just as successful in the business side of it. And I think me being with Starbucks and being a store manager for all those years helped me with that part of it. So that's, that's something that I definitely want to, I want to offer people as well, because people going into this who have no idea about business, but they have the ability. It's like, okay, we can tackle this on both sides. I can help you develop your ability to structure it so that you can give the client what they're probably going to want. And then I can help you structure your business so that you can build it up fairly quickly and then start to like transition over to it full time, hopefully in about a year's time. So that's the goal. Um, and that's what I want to, want to start helping, uh, psychics with. So I am going to be doing that at some point and offering that as a service for people. Um, let's see, let's, (laughs) So, um, love before abs. This is like, hi, Franny. I have always wondered if you have ever had a spirit that you would refuse to work with. How do you protect yourself? No, I have never had a spirit that I've, that I don't want to work with. So two things about this work is one. The first thing is you need to be intentional. Like you need to be intentional. If you want to connect with people and you want to help people, but you just open your front door to your home and say, Hey, everybody, everyone's invited. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you're about. Come on in, make yourselves comfortable in my space, in my home. Um, if you do something like that, you're asking for trouble. So, because you're not being intentional, you're just opening yourself up to too many, uh, too many scenarios and situations and opportunities to have to deal with, energy that you really don't want to engage with. This is why people who go and play with like a Ouija board or start just like casting spells or doing this or that start having all kinds of crazy things happen because they are not intentional. They're more obsessed with just experiencing something, but they don't really care what they're going to experience as long as it's like proof of this or some sort of affirmation that this is something real. So people who do that and are not intentional, they end up opening themselves up to exchanges with energy That is probably not going to be the healthiest or the the lightest form of energy Um, because I'm very intentional. Um, And when I first started doing this work, I used to have like a mantra. Um, And I used to say, you know, God surround me with the white light of the Holy Spirit, the white light of protection, surround me with the sacred circle of mirrors to reflect negative energy back towards itself, surround me with a band of angels to surround me and protect me from negativity. Um, Those who I can help or those who I can assist, allow them to find me. Those who I cannot help or who are of no who are of no use to me either, send them away. I don't need to deal with them. And then, you know, that's it. So I used to say that, um, every single day and I used to visualize it in my head as well, but over time I'm so good at what I choose to deal with or what I choose to work with that it's pretty consistent. So I don't really deal with like energy that, um, is not something I'm choosing right? So like when I'm working on a missing person's case and I'm trying to get into like the energy of the person that maybe killed someone um, or I'm trying to get into the, the mind of the victim, etc. that's a lower form of energy. Like I already know that I'm opening myself up to a lower, more painful, more emotionally um, emotionally intense energy. So I already know that I'm willing to, to do that because I'm like this, if, if that's what I need to feel to understand or to connect with information that can help the, the family or anyone looking for this person, I'll do that. Um, so that's something that I choose. Um, when I'm tuning into, um, when I'm doing a reading for somebody, that's like a life analysis <clears throat> and I'm doing the health part of it. I'm not going in Looking for everything that's going right for them health wise. They they don't they don't care about what's going right. So like they want to know, hey, do I need to look out for something? Is there something I need to like prevent or I need to like work on or etc. So I'm going in looking, nitpicking, trying to find problems. But I'm not coming back and saying, hey, you've got cancer. You need to like, you know, make a will because you got two weeks to live. I don't talk to people that way. What I will I I will look for areas in their body that have um that, that trigger me. Like, okay, there's something triggering me about this area. Something's up. And then I try to examine it in my mind or try to understand it as best that I can with my limited medical uh, background and knowledge. But I do my very best to try to, like, make sense of it. And then um, I will share that with that person. Like, I'm seeing that there could be some issues or some challenges with this or that. Um, But I don't go in, like, looking to find, like, worst-case scenarios and then tell people, hey, you're going to die. I don't ever do that. Um, Now, if something is really, really bugging me about that person's health, I will tell them don't wait too long. You need to go to the doctor. This might be serious. So just FYI, you need to go get this checked. And that's it. And I leave the next step to the doctor because it's not my place to like diagnose or tell somebody, Hey, this is what the situation is. It, it's my place to tell them what I'm sensing, what I'm feeling, and then to guide them to the doctor. Um, not necessarily to, to, to tell them. And perfect example of this is actually um, one of my friends um, who's also a psychic. Um, I was re- we were doing a trade and I was reading her. Um, and this was years ago. And, um, this was in my early days when I was just starting to like do this full time. Um, I had, t- I told her, I said, Hey, I kind of want you to keep an eye on your heart because I keep seeing like the idea of a stunt or a stint in the heart, which is like this little, like mechanical thing that they insert in, I think the arteries, uh, on the, the arteries to or from the heart. Um, if they're blocked, then they could, you know, cause that person's heart to fail. They could die pretty much because it's blocked and can cause a massive heart attack. Um, and so they do to put these little stents in to kind of open the, those arteries up so that the blood can flow through. And so I mentioned to her, I was like, you need to be careful with your heart. If you start to have pain in your chest, or if you start to have an intense pressure there, like you probably should go to the doctor ASAP because it could be something serious. Cause I keep seeing like these stents next to the heart. Um, and she mentioned, she's like, well, you know, interesting that you say that because my son just had a couple of procedures with the exact same thing. Are you sure you're not picking up on him? And I was like, nope. I was like, my intention is to pick up on you. I didn't, I didn't come in here. Hey, tell me something, but let it be connected to everybody else around you. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm sensing your, your brother's uncle's, you know, father's condition. That's right. You're right. That's what I'm sensing. No, 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 That's like, that's like, the bullshit exit that's like excuse sometimes who are not confident enough to just stick to their own like feelings. They're like, oh yeah, let me try to find some reason to explain this, that what I'm sensing. Because if she can't connect with this, then it can't be her. No, no, no. That's like when I'm tuning into someone, I don't have any intention of tuning into like your brother's sister's uncle's father's dog. Like I'm trying to connect to you and your situation. And I'm very like laser focused on that. So if I'm picking up on something and you just happen to have someone next to you who just went through that. It is possible that it could be something that I'm connecting to, but I still assume that I'm connecting to that person and their stuff. So I'm like, no, 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 I don't think it's him. I think it's you. So my intention is you. So I want you to be careful. Well, about a year later, um, or less than a year later, she was having these this pressure in her chest. And she was like, she thought it was indigestion and she was like, what's going on? Um, and she didn't know what, what it was. But she said that as the, the, the as the hours progressed, she thought maybe this is something serious. And then she remembered my voice. She said she heard my voice in her head Repeating what I had said during the reading, which was, if you have pressure in your chest, you need to go to the doctor. Do not wait. (laughs) Go to the doctor. It might be something serious. Um, And she said she had the memory come up in her mind of that. And then she decided, you know what? Maybe I need to go. So she called her son and it's like, hey, I think I need to go to the hospital. Something's wrong. So she went, and the doctor told her that it's a good thing she came because her artery was like 98% blocked and had she not gone in, she probably would have died within the within the day. So I was like, What and so she had to go into emergency uh surgery and they had to put two stents into her heart her artery. So I was like, whoa. So but that's one one um situation where I was looking for an issue um, not trying to tell somebody the worst case scenario, just giving them an issue, telling them what I was sensing and just making them aware of that. So when I'm tuning into like spirits, and I know you were asking about that, um, when I'm talking to spirits, I trust the process. I trust the process. I trust that I'm going to talk to who I need to talk to. I'm going to connect with who I need to connect to. If I don't need to connect to somebody, my energy is such a high vibe. They're not even going to even want to approach me. They're not going to want to have nothing to do with me. And that has actually happened in not just in the spirit way, but also in a um, real world way where I had people who would make appointments. And right before they had their appointment, they would get so uncomfortable or they wouldn't feel right. And then they would cancel the session and you know I could take that personally say oh well maybe something's wrong with me or maybe you know no I'm like no I believe that people who come to me are supposed to come to me and if people don't come to me then there's a reason for that and I trust that so if they cancel last minute I'm fine with that nope I'm not going to have any harsh truths about that because maybe this is the universe's way of sending them to someone else that could better help them or maybe we wouldn't have been a, a, a good connect for each other so that's the way that I feel about that Um, so with spirits, same thing. I always tell clients, if someone, whoever comes through, they're supposed to come through. And I trust the process. I trust that there's a higher power at work. And I'm, lending myself to this experience in this process. So whoever comes through, I'm going to trust it. And yes, there have been times where people come through who have been, um, like when one of the cases that I worked on, I was connecting with the murderer cause he apparently had committed suicide and I was connecting with him. Um, and he was, he had given me some information, but he wasn't telling me everything. Um, in another situation, um, I had a, a spirit come through who had molested, um, his daughter and he came through to apologize. So people come through who were some shitty people in life, but I trust the process and I believe that there's something that's being worked through. And so I just need to honor it the best that I can. So, and if someone, if I don't need to deal with somebody, they're not going to come to me. Like something will happen or something will be created and they will be sent elsewhere. chelsea chelsea marie's like um good morning how do you figure out that you have this ability um actually i'm about to talk about that um with um Chad. So we're about to do his podcast in the next few minutes. I'm gonna get off here because I'm hitting my, my limit here and I'm going to get on with him because we're actually going to talk about that. Um, so and you should check out his podcast. It's a, uh, um, psychic chat. So, um, and you can find him through my, um, Instagram as well. And actually when the, when we finish recording I'll like repost so you can follow it as well, cause he's got some really good, um, uh, um, he's got some good podcast episodes and he actually, um, has had the same conversation with other psychics. He's talked to other psychics and how they develop their abilities and everybody's different. Everybody does does things differently. Um, but for me, it started off with this experience that I had after watching an episode of Star Trek when I was a teenager. Um, I had seen this show, um, Star Trek Voyager and there was a character on there and she had, these telepathic abilities and abilities to do stuff. And I was like, that's really interesting. I wonder if we humans like have the same potential. And as soon as I asked myself that question that week, I started having psychic experiences and things happening. Um, And I'll I'll share the story on the, and you can go back. I think in my earlier podcast episodes, I have the story there as well, but I'm going to talk about it. But that helped me to understand that something was up or something's going on. And after that, it piqued enough of my interest that I kept, pursuing or looking into this, trying to understand it and trying to make sense of it. So that's what this was about. And um, so, but I, now today, I honestly do not believe that people, that people are supposed to be born special. Like they're, better than everybody else, or they have more than everybody else. I do not believe in that in this way. So when people say, Oh, this is a gift or, Oh, you're special. Or, you know, I'm like, no, 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 Like bring it down. Let's bring it down. Everybody can do this. Like, and I know through my connections with my students and coaching them, every single person can do this and do it well and do it Just like myself or better. And that's actually the goal. Whenever I'm dealing with students, my goal is make them better than I am because I want them to be a better version of of what I've been able to achieve myself. So everybody can do this. Do not think that, you know, people are born to be. And that's something that like me and John Edwards differ from because he believes that psychics and mediums are born. They're not made. I disagree with that. Even though, yes, I did have experiences when I was younger. I did have imaginary friends that I used to talk to when I was a kid or a little or a baby. Um, and yes, I had paranormal or supernatural events happening in my life. Yes, you could say that it was my path to do this for a living or to do this as my life's work. And to that extent, I will say, yes, there are you know, people who are meant to do this for a living or to do this in life as like a full thing. Yeah, they're born into that because that's on a soul level contract agreement type thing. But when it comes to actually being a psychic, being a medium, everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. And I believe that everybody can evolve and develop their own potential and they can get to that. Um, nope, nope, no issue, no problem with that. So I wholeheartedly believe in that. Um <laughs> MK's like double seven's like, what's the day with the Illuminati? Oh my gosh, that is a whole nother show and that that is, that's like asking what's up with the flavors of potato chips. <laughs> that would t- that would take an entire show to talk about because that is such a complex, convoluted topic. And a lot of people who may see like one show on YouTube or one show on like, you know, the History Channel or whatever, like about an Illuminati um, or the Illuminati, they take that as like the only like understanding of it. And then they, that's it. They run with it. And unfortunately there's, it's so much more complicated than that. So, so much more complicated than that. Um, Jules, and I'm going to answer a couple more and then I'm going to go ahead and, um, go ahead and bounce off. Let's see. we got Uh Jules before it. Hi, Fernie. How do you understand your library of symbols that spirit gives you? Are symbols quite literal or do they have other meanings that we have to interpret? So, from the moment we were born, we have been designed to make sense of things, to find meaning or understand the meaning behind everything. And as we get older, you know, people it's like, oh, this is a mug, this is a cup, um, coffee, you know, and we learn this through our experience as we evolve as children and into adulthood, etc. The psychic mind is the exact same process. It's exact it works the exact same way. When we are tapping into energy and frequency etc it is an it is something that our mind is encountering But because we're so trained and conditioned to function and to identify and to make sense of our experience in this world by our traditional senses, our sight, our smell, our taste, our hearing, our sense of touch, our emotional, um, because we're so used to identifying or making sense of stuff through those modes, we're not used to utilizing the psychic senses to also do the exact same thing. So when I start working with students, that's what we induce. We induce the psychic senses and the psychic senses are not anything other than just when you hear, when someone says, Oh, I am clairvoyant. People believe that like, if I close my mind, a movie starts playing out of my mind and they use that as the description. No, I'm literally just paying attention to my memories. That's it. So when I ask you, Hey, what did you have to eat today? What was the first thing you ate today? You start thinking about that thing, right? You're remembering that thing that's a psychic that's that's um clairvoyance that's the ability to sense things visually in your mind so i'm not actually seeing what i had for breakfast in my physical eyes right in front of me i'm seeing it in my mind and so it's just a memory that i'm inducing to help me make sense of stuff so when you're using clairvoyant abilities people try to like have something just show up in front of their eyes it takes so much work and so much effort for that to happen and that's not going to be a common that's not going to be a reoccurring regular experience for most psychics, most sensitives. Some psychics, yes, come in very, very wired that way, but not a lot. If, if a psychic was able to see spirits in front of them every single time or medium every single time for every single person that they were connecting to, then all you, we really would have to do is say, Hey, everybody, I'm going to learn sign language. So spirits, when you show up, gesture to me in a sign language, and I'm going to know exactly what you have to say word for word. You don't have any mediums doing that, right? because when they say they see them, they're not actually seeing them in front of them. And if they are, they're not seeing it fully. So it's not really accurate to what's going on. What I'm seeing is the impression or the memory in my mind of something that can tie into that. So when you begin to practice this ability enough and you start to pay attention to those thoughts and dissecting all of those elements, because when, when I tell a student, you know, hey, the target, which is like a number that represents a picture that I hold and they don't know the picture they just know the number. Hey, this is a target. I want you to tune in and then tell me what you get. You know, And I actually ask a series of questions to help them go through this process. So it's a little more complicated than that. But um, I ask them to tune in and immediately everybody does the exact same thing. They want to tell me what the picture is. They want to tell me what the complete picture is, What it? what's the whole thing. And I'm like, uh-uh, I don't need you to tell me the answer. I don't want the answer. I want you to dissect the elements of what you're getting and pay attention to the pieces that are standing out the most in your mind. That is important, and that's what I want. I don't want you to tell me what the picture is. And so it takes a while because we're used to automatically knowing what something is, making sense of everything. Um, and so when they begin to follow that instruction and practice it, which I do it with them live. Um, and I walk them through it and I'm helping them to make sense of it in their mind as they're doing it. They start to get more used to doing it that way. And then in time, what ends up happening is when I have them tuning into something and they have a, like, for example, one of my students, um, he saw the top of a mountain and that's a reoccurring image. So now we know because he's seen it enough with specific targets or specific pictures that the top of a mountain means a spiritual person or someone who is high spiritual. And it may not just mean an actual physical mountain. And so if he is tuning into a target and he says, I see a scene and I'm seeing like the top of a mountain. So because you've already told me that when I've seen that, that may connect with the idea of a high person of spirituality, I'm going to say that this might be connected to a person of high spirituality. And in fact, in that particular exercise that he, that he did, um, the person who was in the picture was actually Paul like one of my friends who's a well-known psychic channeler and medium. Um, and so when he was tuning into the target and he says, I see a mountain and he says, you know, I think it's a person of high spirituality. Um, and he described other elements, but that's just one component. And then I showed him the picture and it was a Paul. He's like, <gasps> yep, there it is. I said, that's a psychic symbol for you. And so as he's progressed, he's had like seven or eight different symbols now reoccurringly show up whenever he's tuning in. That's his spirit language. That is his um, psychic language. And so that's for him because he grew up differently than I did. So when I think of the idea of an apple, The first thing I think of is of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves with the poison apple. That's the first thought that comes into my mind. But someone else, if I say apple, they may think about apple pie. Or someone else might think about the McDonald's apple slices that the kids get. So everybody's life experience establishes different meaning for different things. And so when someone sees a particular symbol in their mind it's going to be unique to them and their experience and their meaning, not necessarily broadly the same across the board with everybody. So when you um, buy these books that say, okay, developing your psychic symbols, and then it's trying to force you to conform to um, a symbol you're probably not going to see that. You're probably going to see something your brain can reach for much more easily because it's already been ingrained. It's already been kind of situated in your psyche and in your mind, in your in your your mental library. That's going to be easier for your brain to reach out and to pull that to make sense of versus going and trying to like, produce a new symbol and associate that. So when, as I've gone on and I've developed over many years, I have various things that when I see it represents certain things that I can immediately go to. It's my go-to for what it means. But then if a spirit is really trying to help me understand something in a different way, they will pull at a symbol that I know what I think is the meaning of, and then they'll incorporate it or they'll tie it in with another symbol. And then at that point, there's something from it that is more specific than what I initially would assume because of the basic Um, basic element or the basic symbol so that's how it works with the symbols and every person's different so that's why I believe every person should develop uniquely you can't just broadly say everybody has to develop the same way everybody has to have the same symbols no because everybody's symbolism is going to be different you know for me with names names are really hard for me to get Um, being able to get get a name is not easy at all and I don't always get um, the full name or the name at all and I completely miss it sometimes but names are really hard to get for me, but that's because in my life, I've never really, um, I've never really done very well with remembering people's names. I mean, just in general, like when I used to go to school, wouldn't remember people's names. When I had new, new employees working for me at Starbucks, wouldn't remember their names. because so I don't remember people's names. So, and I don't know a whole lot of names to remember. So for me, names are our challenge and it's harder for me, but I can still do it. Right. Cause I still push myself and I still put myself out there to try to get a name um, or a connected name. Um, there's another medium who could tell you the first name, the last name, and the address that the person lived at. There's a medium that can do that. You know why? Because that person was a post office um, post office uh, worker for like 30 or 40 years. So that's literally all they saw and all they dealt with. So because they spent 30 years establishing those bits and pieces of information and basically permanent permanently pe- pe- keep putting them in their brain because they had the same exact like um thing every single day that made that like what they were going to be uh, permanently remembering they're able to do that that's why so yeah that's how that's how that works all right guys well i love you all and um Thanks for tuning in to the show to check out other podcast episodes, my free social media events, and all the other cool content I put out. Just visit my website, fernandomarone.com. I'd also really appreciate your help in boosting my podcast series audience. Just give my show an honest review on your preferred podcasting app and share the show link with your social media peeps. I love you all, and I will see you all next time. Okay, bye-bye.